Well, good morning. Welcome again to St. Paul's, either online or in person. Whether you're curious, maybe you're critical, or you're committed, you are welcome here today. The captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs is John uh, Tavares. I don't even know if I pronounced his name correctly, because true confessions, I hadn't heard of him uh, before Thursday, when Tim and I went and watched the Leafs beat the Rangers. So I Googled him and discovered that the Toronto Star is underwhelmed with his leadership. Leadership's hard. And most of us, in some ways, are leaders. Maybe in our families or at work, even in a friendship, someone always takes the lead. But all of us, all of us are followers. Even if, like uh, me, you are paid to be a leader. Supervisors report to managers, managers report to VPs, even CEOs have to report to the board. Which leaders we follow has enormous consequences for our daily lives. How much money's in the bank, uh, our own banks, uh, bank accounts, uh, what our kids are being taught in school, how many of us are going to be driving electric cars in five years' time. Leadership dictates life. This morning, we all have front row seats as we watch God change lives. Uh, witnessing the baptism of Human, Audrey, Charles, Hattie, and even more at the 11 o'clock service. And baptism is about making a decision around leadership. Who are you going to follow? And on the last Sunday of our teaching series, This is Jesus, the first century writer John, that Carrie just read, gives us a fascinating interaction between two leaders, Pontius Pilate, Roman governor of Judea, modern-day Israel, roughly, and then an entirely different kind of leader, Jesus of Nazareth. Amongst all the other options, let's look this morning at how the leadership of Jesus just might bring us the most meaning in life. Context. Jesus is in the countdown to his death, and he knows it. Rome is the global superpower, and while it liked to govern its provinces at arm's length, when it came to capital punishment, it required Roman permission and Roman soldiers to uh, carry it out. Pilate had made some mistakes as governor. He wasn't popular with the locals, and this news had reached uh, headquarters in Rome. So when the religious leaders of the day knock on Pilate's door asking him to execute Jesus, Pilate knows the stakes are high. After asking them on what charges uh, they bring Jesus, he turns his attention, uh, he turns his attention uh, to the bloodied man before him. Are you the king of the Jews? A question which meant one thing to the religious leaders, he's claiming to be the Messiah. But it meant something else to the Romans, right? Political insurrection. Jesus then assures Pilate that there's no immediate threat to his governorship, since the kingdom that Jesus rules is not of this world. But listening carefully to every word, Pilate asks, What kind of leader are you, Jesus? You an influencer, Jesus? His deliberately ambiguous answer, you say that I am a king. 
leads to the question that earns Pilate a place in history. What is truth? Was this an ancient precursor to the live your truth movement? Was he joining in the public mocking of Jesus, or was he just fed up and and on edge? We don't know. But we do know this. When Pilate uttered those fateful words, what is truth? He was standing closer to the truth than he ever had before and ever would again. We are all followers, yearning for someone to show us how to live our lives in ways that are meaningful and life-giving. We all worship, every single one of us. Even if you're an atheist or an agnostic joining us online, we all serve or sacrifice in exchange for meaning and purpose. We all look for leaders. It's our default setting. And we have a few options to choose from. Option number one, of course, is ourselves. I have a very clear memory of our oldest daughter, Emma. She would have been about four or five, and I was, I think, trying to get her to stop cutting up a box of Cheerios that, like, had all the Cheerios still in it. And I remember her looking me straight in the eye and saying, you're not the boss of me. My eyes narrowed, and I'm like, I so am the boss of you for like 14 more years, right? We persist in the belief, not backed up by any observable evidence in my life or yours, that we are qualified to have the final say over our lives. And we persist in this belief because we keep comparing ourselves to each other. Our decisions are always better than somebody else's. But if you throw Jesus into the mix, our meager qualifications to be the boss of ourselves evaporate. Barbara Brown Taylor puts it like this. In the presence of his integrity, our own pretense is exposed. In the presence of his constancy, our cowardice is brought to light. In the presence of his fierce love for God and for us, our own hardness of heart is revealed. Take him out of the room and all those things become relative. I'm not much worse than you are, nor you than I, but leave him in the room and there's no place to hide. We cannot be left unsupervised. Option two. Option one is ourselves. Option two is to turn to someone or something else for leadership, uh, to follow, to give worship to, to exchange and to to worship in exchange for meaning and purpose. And one version of this, which is easy to make fun of, is our love for fitness instructors. On the satirical Netflix show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, The main characters attend Spirit Cycle, where everyone worships a spin instructor named Tristaf, only to find out that he is instead sitting on the toilet and not on a spin bike, in a kind of Wizard of Oz twist. And their devotion is ruined, along with the illusion that anyone could possibly be that fit. And I am not knocking uh, the countless ways that other people, institutions, belief systems can help us make decisions, can help us find meaning. But they will always, always at some point, 
let us down. Brilliant writer David Foster Wallace put it this way. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, and you'll always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. Option two will disappoint for the same reason that option one does. We cannot be left unsupervised. So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Through one lens, kingship is the ultimate patriarchy. And I'm not trying to sell you on that this morning. We're in a moment of reckoning with who our culture has chosen as leaders and kings in the past, who we've built statues of and named universities after. How many bodies have littered battlefields as we've fought over who's going to be king of this or that scrap of the globe? Jesus doesn't need anyone to die for him. He dies for us. Jesus told the truth so clearly that people wanted to kill him for it. He stands in Pilate's headquarters as both mirror and window. He is the perfect mirror, reflecting back to us who we really are. People who can't be left unsupervised, desperately in need of God's love and forgiveness. While also being the ultimate window on who God is. Our loving Heavenly Father who cherishes and delights in every single one of us. I asked, what kind of leadership will bring us the most meaning in life? What, what leader will enable us to be receptive to those from whom we differ, who will lead us to sacrifice for other people? Those are questions that matter if you treasure multicultural Toronto. If you want to be a good uh, parent, a faithful friend, if you want to be known as a generous person, and if you care even the tiniest bit about climate change, to live a life of meaning. Jesus is not the patriarchy. He is a truth-telling, death-defying king who opens his arms to embrace all made in the image of God. And he was a man who, as his torturers were nailing, hammering nails into his hands, he forgave them. This is a man who went to hell and back, so you and I never need to. This is Jesus. Baptism. Baptism is choosing this king to follow. Baptism is having tried out option one and option two and being let down every single time. Baptism is wanting to hear the truth about ourselves and God, live the truth and be the truth for other people. Baptism is joining a royal family, not as footmen or maids, not even as a duke or a duchess, 
baptism is becoming co-heirs with the king. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. King Jesus, the only leader who gives each follower equally all the riches of heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen.